0: And welcome back to the show. I'm excited to be joined by Meredith Elliott-Powell today. Meredith is an award-winning author, a global keynote speaker, and business strategist. Uh, Meredith has voted one of the top 15 business growth experts to watch by Currency Fair. Um, she's a certified speaking professional and is passionate about helping her clients learn the sales and leadership strategies they need to succeed no matter what the marketplace does. Meredith, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Great, thanks. I'm excited to be here.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to it. So the audience really want to know three main things, Meredith. We want to know your top business growth strategies, Mm -hmm. um, your top marketing um, secrets in terms of both inbound and outbound marketing. Um, But before we get to that, we'd love to know your story, really. So love to know a bit more about where you grew up, um, how you got into the business world, and some of the key jobs that you've had up until (laughs) now. And what you learned along the way really
1: yeah you know um i uh i I've really had a very interesting uh journey. I was not that kid who knew who they wanted to be and what they wanted to do when they um when they grew up i also um did much better working than I ever did at uh, at school, so okay. i did manage I did manage to get myself through college, but not um, after dropping out uh, more than a couple of um of yeah. times but um <laughs> But you know, the interesting thing I think about my journey and what I've noticed on it really looking back is that um, I have gotten into businesses at a time when the businesses were going in crisis, really the industry. I started my career um, in travel and tourism, and I went to work in uh, in that industry right when a series of hurricanes had hit uh, the eastern coast of the U.S. Oh, and wow, so, okay. Yeah. And so um, I got out of travel and tourism and I got into the medical industry. I did uh, sales and marketing in medicine right when our government in the US started to make cutbacks in Medicare and Medicaid. So immediately revenues were down for physicians. And then I flipped into the financial services industry right at about the time of one of their financial crises and when the industry was completely uh, changing. So I found that if I look back and I study really my business, what I'm passionate about is running to the sound of the gunfire. I don't want to get shot, but I am (laughs) the type of person who does like – does like crisis and does like, uh, and does like challenge. So that's Excellent. really- Excellent, really so you like to be
0: involved in the heat of the action, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, cool. um, when you've got to solve the puzzle is what I really like and probably why I went into business for myself.
0: Got it. So it sounds like there's a few different sectors you worked at there, Meredith. Um, are there any business lessons or anything you learned in terms of perhaps business, sales or marketing that you could share with us at each yeah. of those places you've worked. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about what those businesses involved, what you were doing there, and yeah. some, of the, some of the things you learned.
1: Well, you know, when I worked in travel and tourism, my job was completely marketing I mean that was the okay. title that you know that um, that I was given, and my big responsibility was to try to convince people to come to the beach on vacation, not exactly a challenge until yeah, you throw, <laughs> until you throw a hurricane in there and um, and the fact that people were afraid to come back and I think really the biggest lesson that I learned um, from that is the fact that um, you know, sales and marketing cannot be separated. We would have a okay. sales team trying to go out and, you know, sell advertising and sell these types of things. But if you don't have a good message in the marketplace, if you don't have a good brand, if you're not working to protect that brand, yep. then sales is kind of irrelevant. I mean, it's it's so much harder to close a sale if people haven't heard of you and about you.
0: Sure. Makes sense. So, Perhaps you could share with us some of the techniques you used. So if you were marketing during a hurricane, I'm guessing that wasn't easy work. <laughs> so what were some of the techniques you used to still hook people in, even though there was a, a tragedy going on?
1: Yeah, crisis? you know, you know, one of the things was that the um, the the news was creating a much more negative story than one, what was actually happening in, um, in our environment. So, okay. yeah, big shock, right? <laughs> Um, and, you know, I think about that even back then and geez, it's like on steroids today what they do. So I would say one of the biggest lessons is that you have to proactively um, control your brand. You have to, don't let other people tell a message about you. You okay. need to be guiding what you want people to know about your business, think about your business and how they emotionally connect to your business. And then you need to be getting that message out there. I would say the second thing was, I we really had reporters who were um, some reporters and journalists who who loved us, who were kind of in our corner, yep. and and to really use and um, um, and expand those relationships and kind of forget about the rest. So I would say in that and really. Um, tighten your sphere of influence. Really think about who's on your team, who supports your business, who would want to help your business grow and yeah. use those people to, um, you know, once you've refined the message, really use those people, um, you know, to get, uh, you know, to, to to really get that message out. So it was, um, you know, we, when we really, solve some of those challenges we started to come back so much faster and here's kind of the cool thing about it is the fact that um if you understand how to get through a crisis if you if you do things a little bit differently you're going to have so much competitive advantage you're going to really come out on top
0: awesome i love that phrase you've just used there meredith tightening your sphere of influence um and i guess in today's modern world um where we are now in terms of how that would come into play would that mean tangible things like utilizing your linkedin network or utilizing referrals from existing customers is that is that what that means Meredith?
1: yeah you know the um one of the biggest mistakes i see people make today and i was just um working with a client uh, uh late last night on this is that um we think we're trying to sell and market to everybody and we're not um you know it's uh, I always use Amazon as an example of this. Um, Amazon when they started selling books online, I personally thought that was a stupid idea, right? I mean, you go downtown to your local bookstore to buy a book. So Amazon didn't market to me. They didn't try to attract me. They were very clear on who their client avatar was. And by selling into a niche, they were able to sell huge, everybody else because that niche sold us so I think the thing is you've got to get really really clear on who is in your corner and who you're trying to market to and absolutely use LinkedIn use um, you know use your contacts use past customers the important thing is these are people who love you love your product and they're gonna help you grow the business the other thing is they're easy to make happy and in a world of mouth world you better be selling to people are easy to make happy
0: awesome well that makes sense okay so that was the the travel business Um, what was next for you Meredith after that
1: yeah, after that I got into um healthcare. So okay. my job my job with healthcare and so I walk into the healthcare industry at a time when um uh doctors are making so much money here in the US. I mean it's just um basically they um the reimbursement that they would even get from our Medicare and Medicaid was huge. And in a matter of a year reimbursement was cut by over two thirds. So imagine you're running a business, there you are, and you're used to your revenue being at this level. And before you even open the doors, it's down two thirds. And what I learned in that industry was a couple of things. Number one was I built uh, referral networks for those physicians. So we had about 30 doctors referring business into my surgeons. <clears throat> I quickly learned 80, 20 rule. 80% right. of those doctors um, were a waste of my time. And 20% of those physicians were sending us 80% of your revenue. It's the it. same In your business, if you look out, especially right now in the middle of a crisis, you need to look at your customers that are loyal to you, that are there for you, and they're gonna they're gonna produce the revenue for you. You need to be producing products for them, services for them, having you know having good conversations um, uh, with them. And then I would say the other thing um, the other thing that I learned is that um, is really more of a business principle is that. You have to run your business uh, efficiently. It's not just about making money. It's about holding on to the money and being profitable. So going through your business and really cutting the expenses that you don't need, cutting the waste and making sure that you're collecting your revenues.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, that that makes sense. And what were you doing exactly in in the medical side of things? Um, Meredith, were you selling or were you marketing or was it a bit of both? Or
1: it was oh it was it was really a bit of both it um it started out as marketing okay. went in went into selling um, and then ultimately i I ended up um, managing the practice cool. so i did a did a little bit of a little bit of both and it's interesting that you asked that because it was uh it was back in the day when selling medicine wasn't something that many people did and was kind of looked down on. Um, but, you know, you bring that up, that really brings up another really good lesson. Because people used to ask me all the time, how can you sell medicine? Medicine isn't something that should be sold. And I said, wow, I think so differently about that. The surgeons that I was, work- that I was working for, they did over 1,200 surgeries a year. And their competitors only did a 100. And I would say to people, I don't feel like I'm selling anything. I feel like I'm educating people. If I were going to want to have surgery, I would rather go to a surgeon who did 1200 a year than a surgeon who did 100 And I think the lesson in that for us is you're not really, you know, selling can always sound negative. It's unfortunately, it's got a negative connotation, but True. it's so important because if you don't educate people as to the value you bring to the table, people aren't going to know to do business with you.
0: No, that, that makes perfect sense. And um, I think you've, you've got some really good good points there that selling does ha- have this negative connotation. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're in business, you're in the business of selling. Sales is the lifeblood to, to grow any business. And like you said, I love the fact that you said you educate your customer. Yes. Um, too many people have got the, the bad mindset in their minds that when they're speaking to a salesperson, all they want to do is close the deal. When professional sellers, what they should be doing is, like you say, under, discovering their pains, their goals, where they want to get to, from A to B, and helping them on that journey, and then deciding if is it fit, if it's something they could, their solution can help with, and guide yeah. them through it or not. So that's great. Okay. So was was there anything else in between there, Meredith, or did you start your business, your own business next, or what was?
1: I you know I went from I went from healthcare into banking, and I was recruited into the banking industry. Um, because basically uh, I was really involved in my community, which I think is another important thing for us yeah. as business owners. Even if you work globally, what are you doing to build your brand from a volunteer standpoint? But when I got into banking, I, um, I got into an organization that was doing a great job of taking care of their customers from a service standpoint, but they weren't selling and they weren't being proactive. And I think the biggest thing that I learned um, there was what it takes to really, people think in their minds that having a business is about taking care of your customers, but we think of that as a reactive thing to do. And taking care of customers is about being proactive, being one step ahead of their needs and their services. And people don't really trust you and believe in you unless you are proactively finding ways for them to do more business uh, with you. So my whole strategy there was to really move us to a pro- proactive sales culture. And right after that, I started my business.
0: Okay, so just before we get into that, when you say being proactive with your customers, that's an interesting subject. So could you give us perhaps an example of how that yeah. would work?
1: Yeah, so typically, um, let's assume that you call me and you wanna do a strategic plan for your business. And that's, that's great, that's me being reactive. Ro- providing a strategic plan for your business sure. but if I'm a really good business owner who really cares about her customers I'm gonna have a conversation with you and I'm gonna say tell, tell me a little bit about your business how is this crisis impacting you what are your plans for 2020 2021 and as I'm asking you questions and you're answering my head ought to be going crazy with the other products and services that I offer that could help you achieve those goals. We rely far too often on our customers telling us what they want. And that's not their job to understand all the products and services we have in our business. Their job is to tell us their challenges, their goals, and their opportunities. And our job is to be proactive with the other opportunities we have that can help them achieve their goals.
0: Excellent. Okay. And let's say we're a business, we've got an existing client list. Let's say we've got 50 or so customers on the books um, that we sell, I don't know, software as a service products to. How often should we be doing these proactive calls, Meredith? Is it something we should do once every quarter? Should we do it every month? Or is is there any recommendations on that? Because at the same time, we want to keep our customers engaged, but we don't want to bug them. We don't want to annoy them. (laughs)
1: Right, absolutely. I always say that I think for your existing customers, anybody who fits your customer ideal, you should really be having an in-depth conversation with them at least twice a year. I always do it in um, I always do it in January as a way to kick off the year. I schedule it in December, but so that they know that I'm going to have a conversation with them right at the beginning of the year, and then I check in um, somewhere close as we head into third quarter, and by doing that. I'm staying engaged um, and finding ways that I can work um, more with them. A couple of things happen. Number one, I find more business. Number two, I secure that they are not going to my competitor. And number three, they end up referring me um, business.
0: Love it, okay, excellent. Um, so that's some some great tips in terms of being proactive with your customers and, and generating more revenue with them. Awesome. So yeah, talk us through the light bulb moment, Meredith, when you decided to, to go alone and set up your own business. <laughs>
1: Yeah, boy, I can I can envision it um right now. I was um at this point I was a banking um executive. I was sitting in my beautiful uh, corner office. I had just been offered a really big uh promotion. Okay. And um and I sat there and I thought I don't want this job. I don't want to work in this city. I don't want to be doing exactly what I'm doing 10 years from now. And at that point, I was 40 years old. And 40 is about my favorite age I have ever been. And the reason is, is because at 40, you've got enough under your belt that people take you really seriously. You're old enough that you're given the gift of people believe you have wisdom. At the same time, you're young enough that if things didn't work out, I thought I could still go somewhere and get a job. So I was 40 years old when I went to my boss, whom I loved, and said, this has been an unbelievable opportunity, but I think I want to go into business for myself. And this seems like the right time. So I started my career as a business uh, strategist when I was uh, 40 years old and basically never looked back.
0: Awesome. So took the leap. Um, how was it to begin with, Meredith? Um, was it hard work? How did you start getting your first customers? Did you ha- already have contacts that you were able to bring in from your past roles? Or was it starting from scratch having to do cold calls or cold outreach via mail? Or Yeah, talk us through the process, really.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that was really lucky for me was that I had been a banker. And because I had been a banker, I understood money. And I think this is a really important, um, tip. So I understood that when I looked at the businesses that I had made loans to the businesses that made it were the businesses that didn't quit their day job, while they were starting their second, while they were starting. Okay. It, okay. Right. And so, um, so what I did was, um, I went to work for a couple of big consulting firms. So I was going to be a business strategist, but I knew if I was going to learn the ropes, I needed to learn the ropes from somebody who was doing it really well, but also getting paid. So the way I started my business was the very first year I worked for these big companies and I would have one of my customers on the side. And you're exactly right. I kind of had this pool of people that, you know, I had a reputation with I had um, you know I had some level of credibility and were willing to take a chance on me, but okay. what working for those big companies gave me was it gave me process, it gave me a system, and it gave me credibility because then I was able to say that I had done strategies for bigger customers because I'd gotten those bigger customers for them. so the tip to me is make sure. You have some level of cash flow coming in when you're starting. Because if not, you get desperate, and desperate sure. will undermine your business.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's something that's kind of rung across nearly all the entrepreneurs that we've had on there. They've yeah. either kept one job role going. Whilst um, kind of doing their side, side hustle or whatever new role they were doing, perhaps in the evenings and weekends. And then once the cash yeah. flow reserves was there, they then took the leap. So that, that makes sense. And that's sound advice. OK, yeah. so perhaps you could share with us. appreciate you, you're doing consultancy. It sounded like some big companies and, and learning different skills. Um, was there any marketing techniques that if you've utilised, Meredith, be it digital, um, be it inbound, or be outbound strategies that you've utilized over the years in order, in order to grow your business to where it is today?
1: Yeah. You know, I've done everything from, um, from very traditional. Uh, you've got to realize that, um, that I started my business back in the age of the flip phone. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so back in that day, um, you know, it's funny. I sit here and I think about it now. Um, business was really more, um, was more regional right? So I wasn't necessarily going to have clients all over the world like I, like I do today. So back in that day, I really positioned myself to being heavily involved and well-known in my community. I kind of wanted to own that, uh, own that niche and be the person that people came to as a resource. So okay. I, vol- I volunteered a lot. I, um, I would write a lot of articles for our local um, uh, newspaper. I even did a little television show um, uh, for a while on our, on our local station. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, then it came the fact that, um, that those videos were something I started to put on, um, on my website and things. And so, but, but really what started to take it to another level for me was twofold. Number one, video has been huge. Just huge. I pretty much don't do, um, don't do a whole lot other than video right now. Everything from, um, every single week I do video tips, something that my uh, customers ask me, I'll pose that question and I'll answer that question. I put it on LinkedIn, I put it on Facebook, I put it on my website. And then speaking for me really became the thing that positioned me as the expert. If I can get on stage and speak in front of people, then the rest of my work um, uh, really comes.
0: Got it. Okay, so the first point being video. Um, great, great topic. L- big fan of video, um, especially on LinkedIn, YouTube. So did you say you were, you were coming up with content ideas from questions that your customers or clients were asking you? Because that sounds like a really way, good way to come up with material because I know a lot of the time when I'm thinking to put out videos, I try and put out one or two or so a week. I'm yeah. quite often struggling thinking, uh, can I do what topic should I do? Because I've covered so many. How do I come up with new material? Yeah, so. absolutely.
1: It's, it is the number one way to come up um, with, uh, with material. I, my, one of my very first books, I had a great editor. And, um, and I was really struggling with what I was going to write about. And she said, well, what do people ask you? And I said, What do you mean? She said, What's the biggest question that's coming up right now? She said, Anytime you create content, it should not be about what you think you ought to create. It should be about what people are asking you. And I have, that has just been a guiding principle for me. And I've always kept a notebook, which I have right here, um, where I just jot down questions that people ask me. And every day, people ask you something. They'll want to know sure. how to do this or how to do that. And if you're just mindful of it, That's where you should be creating uh, the video, writing the blog, creating the article, because that is, um, if one person has that, uh, other people are going to have it.
0: No, that's great. And that that rings so true. And like you say, it doesn't just have to be then for video content. If you're making a note or keeping a journal of the questions your customer asks, just like you say, a lot of other people may have the same things on their mind. So you can even use it on things like LinkedIn posts or on your website or wherever, wherever you want to position it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then you said this the second avenue for you to get quite a lot of um, businesses through, through speaking. Yeah. So give us a, a little snapshot of how you got into that, Meredith, because I appreciate you're speaking globally <laughs> now. So it'd be interesting to learn for any aspiring speakers tuning in or anyone who wants to hone in on that. It'd be great yeah, to know how I, you got into it.
1: I think that speaking is a, is a, is a great way, um, you know, whether you're doing it virtual, whether you're doing it in person. But the moment that you are in the front of the proverbial room, you have just gone up um, a million notches in people's mind as, uh, as the expert. But, um, but I had into speaking because I didn't even know speaking was a thing, but I, um, I was writing strategies for companies. I'd gone out on my own and the companies that I'd worked with had had a lot of luck. They'd done really well. And somebody said, would you come talk to our local Rotary club? Would you come talk to our garden club? Would you come talk to, you know, our, we've got a, you know, Business networking group, and I went anywhere and would talk to anybody, and um, and it was through that that I found the uh, National Speakers Association or globally, it's the Professional Speakers Association. And anywhere you are in the world, pretty much, there's local chapters um, of that. A lot you can attend virtually. And I learned the business of, uh, of speaking from there. And I loved it so much that I turned 70% of my business into, uh, into the speaking profession.
0: Amazing. And would you think that that's something that anyone in business sales or marketing should look into? Is it something that's transferable into other aspects of business?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think that the way that you market today as I look at how things have really changed for me and I look at where I'm taking my business in 2020 and 2021, um, people, our customers are tone deaf to ads. They're tone deaf to, um, you know, to us promoting why our product would be right. What they're tuning into is, um, is an authority. What they're tuning into is an expert. What they're tuning into is somebody who's giving them valuable information that will help them with their business. And one of the best ways to do that is um, is through speaking. The other thing that I love about speaking, it's the same thing I've loved about writing, is it forces you to have an opinion and then back that opinion up. I mean, like, okay. you know, you you've asked me today about, You know, what have been some of the pivotal things that have, that have, you know, that have grown my business. Well, now I have to have an opinion about that. And then once I have an opinion, I have to back that up. So that all just changes your confidence and your energy and what you're like, yeah, that really worked. I could help somebody with that. So speaking to me forces us as business owners to put a stake in the ground as to what works, why it works, and be able to back that up with a story.
0: Love that. Excellent stuff. Okay, Meredith. Um, well, we've covered some great ground, yeah. um, but what we'd like to, to ask as well is for anyone that's, that's listening or watching that is just perhaps started their own business or anyone that's thinking of taking the venture and setting up on their own, have you got any other further pits of advice that could prove really useful for someone that's in the early stages or thinking of taking the leap?
1: Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, and I passionately believe this, is that if you build your network, it will change your life. Uh, you have really got to reach out and you have got to connect with people. You have to find, if you're just starting a business, identify five people whose businesses you admire, businesses in life you admire, reach out and connect with them. If you ask people for advice, they're going to tell you exactly how to grow your business. And so you should be interviewing people and talking to them. Learn from people who have gone down the road that you went, um, that you're looking to go down, and they will give you invaluable. Um, they will give you invaluable advice. I would also say understand that um, sales is something you have got to do every single day. It's not something you do when you need uh, a client. You need to be selling every single day. And the last tip is the fact that just get ready for failure because you're going to experience um, the key to the key to building a successful business is stamina. It's not that you're smarter, it's not that you have a better product, it's not that you're more talented. Plenty of smart, talented people have crashed and burned with a business. You've gotta have stamina and resilience. Can you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and go back to work again?
0: No, that's, that's it, I love those. So we've got kind of interview, learn from businesses or people that are, are doing well in the industry. Um, so you can learn from those. So we've got sales, everyone needs to be selling every day, you won't grow your business, and then we've got stamina. That, like you say, if you don't keep going, if you, if oh. you stop, then you're not going to get anywhere. I love point I love point one. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I started this podcast, so I can learn yeah. from people just like yourself that are smarter than me, or that have been <laughs> through the journey, and um, learn, learn tips for both myself and share it with the, with the audience. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I-
1: I feel, that, I feel the exact same way. I mean, I love doing these podcasts. I love interviewing people on a podcast. It is, it is from talking to people that I get the best ideas that I learn. And then I get even the motivation and the encouragement to say, you know, it can be isolating owning your own business, right? So we've got we've to reach out and we've really got to um, build that network. But when I ask people questions, it has been invaluable what they have told me.
0: Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Okay. And Meredith, have you got any habits, any daily habits, perhaps that you follow um, that you think have been quite important to, to your success, perhaps in life and in business too?
1: Yeah, um, abso- absolutely. I am, um, I am ridiculously disciplined. Okay. Um But I want to, but I want to say that, um, that I started off this podcast by telling you I barely got through college. Um, I actually failed out uh, the first time. I am the kid who couldn't make it to an eleven a.m. class because I couldn't get out of um, bed, and um, <laughs> I used to. Yeah. And I used to be, um, have the worst eating habits ever and be running around with a good extra um, 50 pounds on my body. So I say all that because it is through daily habits that I have solved all those issues. So if you got up with me in, um, in the morning, you would see that uh, number first thing I do is I meditate. It's not very impressive, but I meditate for 10 minutes Then I read, then I read my goals. So on note cards, I have my vision of who I want to be in my business, in my life. And, and what do I, what do I want to accomplish? And in the middle of this crisis, I'm asking my, my, um, I'm making this statement every day. Um, Just help me find the path forward. What's next um, for me right after that. I write down the list of the five sales calls I'm going to make, uh, that day. And once that is complete, I head off for a good 30 minutes of exercise in the morning, which will be followed up at some point that day by 30 minutes of exercise, uh, in the afternoon. So those are pretty much my daily rituals.
0: Got it. So keeping quite a tight structure and pre-planning and making mm-hmm. sure you know what you're going to do in the, in the day ahead. Love it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, everyone, you've been tuning in to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from across the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Meredith, what we love to ask everyone on the show is if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence for yourself and your career, who would that be and why?
1: Yeah it would it would be um it would be my mother who she has passed um but the uh when I was a child my mother um was the opposite of most mothers she told me that it was my job to talk to strangers so when I was a kid and there would be another kid who didn't have a friend to play with she told me it was my job to include people. I never, I hated that about her as a child, um, because I just wanted to kind of just be with my friends. But she has taught me that when I walk into the room, it's my job to make people feel included. And she's the reason I believe that if you build your network, it changes your life. So um, without her, I never would have made the connections and I would not be where I am.
0: Excellent. That's a lovely message. Okay. Um, So Meredith, tell us a bit more about your company, your business, and the best way people can get in touch and connect with you.
1: Well, you can find me at my website, which is valuespeaker.com. It's just the words uh, valueandspeaker.com. I tend to live on LinkedIn more than any of the (laughs) other social uh, networking sites, but you can find me everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and um, and Twitter. But also, um, I really do believe if you build your network, you change your life. And so if you reach out to me, I will reach out and connect with you.
0: Excellent. Well, the show is sponsored by WebChoiceUK.com, helping businesses skyrocket their leads, sales, and brand positioning via results-driven SEO, digital marketing, conversion-focused websites, and mobile apps. That's WebChoiceUK.com. Meredith, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.